Hey there, and welcome to Yes, a Stripper Podcast. On this podcast, we'll discuss how classifying each other as people and workers is dangerous to society and marginalized groups of people. We'll also talk about the climate in and outside of the strip clubs and all of the amazing things that strippers do. And of course, we'll talk about all of the things in between. I'm your queen, A.M. Davies, and this is Yes, a Stripper Podcast. Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to Yes, a Stripper Podcast. Um, That's a new jingle I made up on the fly. I feel good today. I'm in a pretty good mood today, which is hard to come by these days. I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, the world is a crazy place and life is a roller coaster lately. But I think I might feel good because I just had a chance to reconnect with um, one of my friends, Nikki St. John, who I used to talk to a lot back in the day, back before COVID, back before uh, I lost my foot. <laughs> and uh, we used to work together and collab together because she runs a very large Instagram account called Pole Dance Nation. And I used to run a very large Instagram account called UP Artists, which is uh, United Pole Artists Instagram account. And so we used to work adjacently with each other in the community. And um, at first we were sort of competitors. And then as time went on, we started really helping each other and supporting each other. Um, which was really beautiful and lovely. And um, she's always got such like a positive energy that uh, I think it really did rub off on me today and in this moment. So um, Nikki St. John is a, a stripper that, like me, went in and out of stripping and got involved and immersed in the pole dance industry and community. And so, um, you know, I feel not alone in that. Um, there's not too many, there's, there's a handful of active strippers that were also highly or are highly active in the pole dance industry and community. And so, um, you know, and in the realm of leading the charge and leading via information, um, or leading with a brand, I should say. Um, and so it's really, it was always really comforting just knowing I was talking to somebody that understood a lot of the same things that I was dealing with. And so, um, yeah, I've, I found some real kinship with Nikki and I'm really excited for you all to get to know her better and get to know what her life has been like and what it's like during COVID and during the transitions that we're all going through. So um, without further ado, let's go right to it. Here comes Nikki. Welcome to another episode of Yes, the Stripper Podcast. Today's guest is a dear friend of mine, Nikki St. John. Hello, Nikki. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. I must say, I miss you. We haven't spoken in so long. I miss you too, girl. We were uh, talking a lot when we were trying to get this. Um, we were doing a Whirlpool Challenge. Yeah, we were trying that. to, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, everything else happened. So, so many I know you've been busy, very active. Same for you. You're always busy. Yeah. 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 That was a lovely yeah. time working with you, even though that project never got off the ground. It was still like, I, you know, because you and I have worked in the pole dance industry, um, you know, side by side and not together for so long. So it was really nice to like collaborate 
you know, and get to know you definitely. better. Yeah. Definitely. And I think that's more of what, like, we need in the pole community because so many times, like, even, you know, whether it's pole dancers, whether it's studios, whether it's, you know, showcases, whatever it is, it's like we're all in this together. And it's mm-hmm. not like our industry is so small to be so segmented, you know what I mean? Definitely. And it was great to get to know you because you're just an amazing, giving, generous person. And I love just, you know, how you're always trying to help other people and just Mm. do for others. Yeah. Thank you. Same. I want, I want everyone to know that, um, you know, you're the founder of pole dance nation. Yes. Like, yes. <laughs> and uh, I'm actually in the process right now, taking all my content down. Yeah. Um, we're rebranding, doing a lot of new things. I've been talking about doing it for a while, and I know, I'm yeah. finally doing it now. That's great. So I'm really excited about this. Yeah. So for the audience listening, so I founded and ran United Pole Artists for a while, and then Nikki founded and ran Pole Dance Nation. And we were almost like each other's competitors, but not at the same time, you know? So it was was an interesting journey, like watching each other grow and like, because your account was very big, is very big, was bigger than ours. And my account got really big. And so it was kind of like this coming up together. Um, but I always looked at Pole Dance Nation. And I was like, how do I get to be that good? Like, how how do I get there? I was just so inspired by your work, you know? Oh, thank you. And I was inspired by you as well. You know, when I first started Pole Dance Nation, like, I looked at all these different poll pages just mm-hmm. to kind of figure it out because you know I never really been on Instagram that was like my first you know foray into Instagram right. so um it was honestly just dumb luck um th- that's that's all I could say because I really didn't know what I was doing at the time mm-hmm. uh, through doing it I learned more mm-hmm. and then um I learned a lot of things I've done wrong with it as well. Mm. And I'm sure like, you know, you can look back now and say, oh, you know, I wish I would have done this better. Or I could have oh, done definitely. this differently. So um, it's, it's really been a learning experience. So I'm really excited for all the things that I've learned and to implement them on the brand new page. And uh, yeah. I, I really think people are going to be excited about it once they see what it is. Great. And for people who are just getting to know you and right on this episode and Pole Dance Nation, can you explain what the inspiration behind Pole Dance Nation, like the creation of that account was? Because it was more than just an account. Okay. So um, this would be my, my uh, story. <laughs> yeah. Actually. Uh, so I guess I'll tell it now and we tell it later for the, the Patreon page. Okay. Um, but <laughs> oh, I uh, so see. Ba- Oh, I see. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I would like to acknowledge that Pole Dance Nation actually uh, started off as a book, right? And then it became this Instagram account. Right. So um, I have a BFA in theater from Howard and I've always wanted to act and like, you know, not really getting cast in roles that I wanted, whether it was because of the color of my skin or I didn't like look right for the part because, you know, in Hollywood, everything's about image so they think about this image that they have in their head and if you don't fit that whether it's your skin color whether it's your height whether it's your body's height anything like that like you don't really get the role so um you know my professors always uh instilled upon us especially by going to a hbcu which is a historically black university that a lot of times you have to create roles for yourself so i um 
came up with this idea, you know, after getting hooked on pole classes and uh, going to Vertical Joe's, my very first pole studio. Yeah. But I wrote the book. Um, it's a fictional book called Pole Dancer. And it encompasses like all aspects of the pole community from strippers to, you know, nine to five uh nine to five working women who go to post studios and I, by going to the post studio, it was just so interesting to me because, you know, I was in this whole other world. Like I have a, I have a college degree and I've had jobs in the past, but I've always made the most money in the strip club. So even though I have that like college background, I wasn't really in that world per se, you know, where a lot of my friends, you know, had a nine to five job. You know, the majority of my friends were artist types or they were strippers. Mm -hmm. So it was really interesting for me to go to the studio and interact with all of these types of women that I never really would have interacted with in real life. So I wrote the book. Um, I really wanted to turn it into like a TV show or movie. I wasn't really sure at the time. So I figured I could at least start somewhere. And that's what I did. And a friend suggested, well, why don't you promote it on Instagram? And I was like, oh, what's that? Okay, (laughs) let me me try it. So um, I really didn't know what to post. So I just started posting like uh, pictures because at the time there was no videos on Instagram. Uh, So I just started posting pictures at the time of people doing pole tricks. and it just kind of grew from there. You know, looking back, I realized that it's a book. And even though it's about pole dancers, um, you know, everyone that is pole dancing isn't necessarily into reading a book or that particular type of book. Mm-hmm. So that was one of the marketing mistakes that I made. Uh, note mm-hmm. to all those who are watching who have a business or trying to promote a product, uh, know your audience. <laughs> so um it, it just kind of grew into something that was completely unexpected for me. Like, yeah. because I, I set out with a goal to promote a book and to promote a story and to like really get that story told, like on a bigger setting on a big screen, you know, mm-hmm. and it just kind of morphed into something <laughs> completely yeah. unexpected. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I feel like I've met so many great people like you, uh, like Nicole, like Erica. I mean, just, I, I've met so many amazing people mm-hmm. through, um, doing it. So I wouldn't have changed it any other way. I just would have done some things differently. <laughs> totally. I, I definitely see that, yeah. you know, after running like a large pole dance community, Instagram account as, an ex stripper, you know, I was an ex stripper when I started it and then I went back into stripping. So as a stripper period, let's just say that. And I started this account, I look back on it and this is me personally where I'm like, I did not do enough for the strip club industry. I did not do enough for strippers. Um, and so that, that was my personal mistake. And you're also a stripper that became highly immersed in pole dance like me. Yeah, I am. And I kind of went, you know, in and out like you, I've quit, I've gone back, you know? Um, but I I felt like very frustrated when I would post something as far as like the strip club community, or I would post like a black pole dancer, or I would post someone who was fit more into the body conscious category. You know, it was so much hate and negativity that I got, you know, from my followers. And I was just like, you know, 
why is this? You know, and and once again, this is one of the mistakes that I feel like I made. I should have Shonda Rhimes it. Basically, like when, uh, for those of you who watched uh, a scandal or like How to Get Away with Murder, or whatever, uh, she was saying that you know when she first started putting like some of the gay uh, sex scenes or gay intimacy scenes on there, she had so much pushback from it. Mm. And you know, so she was like, okay, well, I'm just gonna show it more, so y'all gonna get used to it. And that's what I should have done. But also, you know, being new to social media and once again, not really knowing what I was doing. That's one of the mistakes that I made. I kind of shied away from posting it because I was under the impression that like, okay, if your audience doesn't really like it, then post the stuff that they like. You know, in retrospect, I would have done things differently, but, you know, it's part of the learning process. And also... It, it, it was just very interesting to me why people had such a negative reaction to these things. Like, why does a black body or a, a body that's not skinny or like, you, you know, why do these or, or having posting someone who's doing an amazing pole trick or an amazing pole combo at a strip club? Why does that have such a negative reaction from so many people? Yeah, that's a good question. I I think I know why. Um, I think we all know why. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But it is infuriating. Like I posted a video of myself on UPA's account once at UP artists um, in the, at Jumbo's clown room. And I got numerous throw up emoji comments. And, uh, and it was interesting because I I commented back to people and I said, as myself, not as UPA, and said, thank you so much for letting me visually know how my performance makes you feel. I was very like, I wasn't angry. I was more just laughing. Like, do you, because it was like, they didn't know that I was the owner, that I was the person who put this up on there. And they were literally like, I want to vomit looking at this. And it was like me like rolling my hips with my feet on the ceiling, just really interesting and hard to do. Which, which is a sexy move because I stopped yeah. that video and I loved it. Right. <laughs> I still can't do that. It looked really good. Emory. Yes, you can. <laughs> I'll teach you anytime. Please. Yes. please. <laughs> um, yeah. And so you've also posted yourself on your own account. I really tried to avoid that most of the time, which similarly you did as well, unless you were promoting like your book or event. But what type of reaction would you get when you posted like videos of yourself on that very large? Oh, account? God. It, 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 nine times out of 10, it was really negative or it was just like crickets. Either they kind of like skipped over it where it's like, you know, you have the last post and it'll get so much interaction, so many likes, so many positive comments, and then it'll be like crickets on mine. And then the next one, it's like, okay, now you post something that's more acceptable. But what was also very interesting was that I get the throw up emojis. Um, you know, I got comments about my weight. Um, I got comments about how ghetto I was. Um, I got comments about how, I wasn't dancing like it wasn't real dancing like I re- the most recent one I have posted of myself it was to promote a twerk and pole class that I was teaching mm-hmm. and that's like one of my favorite styles of pole it's like one of the strip club styles of pole and then you know we have the exotic we have Russian exotic but something that a lot of people don't really promote or teach is kind of more like the black strip club style mm-hmm. where we twerk and we pole dance 
And that's like, you know, for me, it, it's just fun because I really like to turn and I like to pull. Yeah. So I posted that and it was just kind of like a little teaser and it was for like a beginner class. Now, you know, if you're having any type of beginner pole class, you're not like doing insane pole tricks and going upside down and everything. It's a beginner class that anybody can do. And then, you know, I got people who were telling me I don't know how to dance. I can't twerk. And then they pointed out white twerkers that I need to look to as inspiration and to learn from them. And that I think was when I kind of lost it. (laughs) You know, the, no, they did. They really, really did. And 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 the, the thing was, they the way that they came off was like they were trying to be helpful. But my thing is like you're 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 trying to be helpful, but you don't even realize you're appropriating my whole culture. Like I do this. This is what I do for a living. So to tell me that I have to look to somebody that had to look to somebody like me to learn to do what they're doing. And then sometimes they're not even doing the actual version that we would do in the club it's more of like a watered down mainstream accepted version which is fine but say that that's what it is don't Mm -hmm. say that when i'm doing something that it's not authentic because this is as authentic as it gets you know i worked in the strip club for a very long time i learned how to do what i do from a lot of strippers so like what are you talking about yeah yeah. And so- I haven't been as nice as you. Uh, not not to my mm-mm. Oh, I'm not. I oh, not. why do you think I, I I had to go? I was like, you know what? Cuz I got angry as fuck. I got so angry in the summer of 2019 and then the Super Bowl of February of 2020 just sent me over the top. I it, this almost a year ago now with JLo and I made a post like anti JLo on the poll, anti JLo on the at the Super Bowl doing poll, and people got so pissed at me. Some of the people in the poll community wrote, "We won. This is good for us. We won." I was like, "Did you see what happened at um the Super Bowl party after?" Where uh, the originators of pole dance, how they were treated and how they were harassed. No, see, I didn't. So please tell me because I missed oh, the posts that you made. Yeah, so, so this is my first time hearing about so, it. Okay. So on the the Saturday before the Super Bowl, I wrote this whole post. I'm like, I'm going to post this on Monday. And I wrote this whole thing about hustlers and J-Lo and, um, you know, and then – Sure enough, on Sunday, there she is on TV doing exactly what I feared she would do, pole dance at the Super Bowl. I did not want to see that because I knew it was going to be like, oh, that form of pole dancing is good. Yay, that form of pole dancing. That's good for them. But strippers, strippers don't do that. Strippers aren't like J-Lo. So J-Lo pole dancing is yay, it's good. And then... And then for the rest of us, it's like it just creates this further divide when you're praising a tourist, a very famous tourist, doing a watered-down version of what we do. And that's acceptable. And that's extremely visible. And it was right after all pole dancing and sex work in 2019 are getting erased, deleted. But Hustlers is like on Mm -hmm. everything, you know? So the double standard and the hypocrisy was enraging. 
Now, I remember we were talking about that when we were working with Everybody Visible because, yeah. you know, it was so frustrating that, you know, poll studios or teachers are trying to get their ads promoted on Instagram to promote their business and they're getting rejected left and right. But then again, you know, I'm scrolling through my timeline and here I have the Hustlers movie. And of course, they're using scenes of them on the poll to promote the movie. And it was just like, it was like acting scene, pole, acting scene, pole. Like it kept going back to the pole because they knew that that was a draw. But it was just frustrating for us because, you know, it, first of all, the majority of pole dance uh, business owners are women. Um, and then it's like, you're, you're just further marginalizing our community and silencing exactly. our voices while this person who doesn't need the money, mm. you know what I mean? And is getting paid, who, who who knows how much, but I'm sure it's a lot more than a lot of us make, you know, mm-hmm. to be in this movie is just getting praised for something. And it's like cultural appropriation all over again, while we're up here struggling mm-hmm. to get our accounts unshadow banned or unblocked or just mm-hmm. be visible. Yeah, exactly. And what really annoyed me about the Hustler movie too, is that they shut down the club that they filmed at and took away the jobs of the workers and nobody said or did anything about it and so when I made this post a lot of pole dancers were like and some of the ones that were performing on stage with her well she fought for us behind the scenes to have our shoes they didn't want us to wear shoes and she fought for that and I was like did she fight for the people that have lost their jobs because of her did she, is she fighting for the people who are losing visibility and, and money because they're they're losing their social media accounts does she even she fought for you to wear shoes like get the fuck out of here and i think part of the problem is too it's like people are so far removed Mm. um from anything that they don't deal directly that sometimes they don't know you know my stripper tip of the day which we're not going to go into just yet actually deals with something like that that people just don't know and then it's like okay, whose job is it to educate them? You know what I mean? Because I get tired of trying to have to tell people things that I feel like you should already know. But at the same point in time, if I don't tell them, like, who is? Are they going to continue, you know, with their... unacceptable behavior. You know what I mean? And being that JLo's JLo, I mean, I don't think that she actually knew, you know what I mean? Like I heard a story, don't know how true it is, but I heard that when she went into the club to like, you know, kind of do some background research, which a lot of actors do, they'll find someone to study, you know, that's in the field of whatever they're playing. I heard that she went into the club and didn't even tip the dancers. I don't know how, how true that is, but that's what I heard. I heard the same story, slightly different, that she said, I'll pay you for your time and gave them extremely uh, low amount of money or not at all. Um, that she she did the same thing, extracted information from them and did not properly compensate them. I heard the same story. And then as far as the club getting shut down, like that is a bigger issue than just J-Lo. Because, right. for instance, I, I showed up to go to my club out here in Atlanta and... Um, I get there and it's closed. And then, you know, I went another day and it was closed again. And then I heard that they had shut down for like a movie. Like they had rented out the space and they were shutting it down. No, actually, actually, no, I'm sorry. They told somebody at the club told me that ahead of time. 
that time was shut down for another reason. I retract okay. that. <laughs> but um, they, they were they were shut down at one point in time for a movie. Now, did I get compensated for the time the club was shut down? No. Um, I was kind of lucky that somebody gave me a heads up because, you know, the club I work at, it's not super, super organized where, you know, if they shut down for a reason, they'll send out an email or send out a, a, a text or something just so you know. Because, you know, some dancers don't have cars. So, you know... And even for me, I do have a car, but on certain days, because uh, we have to pay to park and it's just like so many other fees just associated with getting to work. It's just easier for me just to take an Uber. So imagine I, you know, Uber down there and now I'm spending money on that. Now I have to spend money to go right back home and I didn't even make money. So now I'm already in the negative, Right. you know? So it, it, I think the, the bigger issue comes to you know, and I think that you're working on this, correct me if I'm wrong, but like a dancer's union, because there should be certain things that dancers are entitled to. Like if you guys feel like you want to shut down, I mean, you're getting paid by some company to close your doors. So like, what about us? I mean, like at least a heads up would be nice so that maybe I could work. Right. So like maybe I could work some extra days to make up for those days, something, (laughs) you know, but I I just feel like as dancers, like people don't really think about that. They just kind of like, oh, well. Right. And I do agree to a certain extent that it wasn't all JLo's fault that the club was closed, but I do find it interesting that she's being touted as being an advocate and, but that, that that's my point. So you were an advocate for civilian pole dancers to be able to wear their six inch heels on the stage, but you're not an advocate for a numerous amount of sex workers to be out of work for two weeks. The same people that you're portraying in your movie that you're also producing and starring and, you know, like, it just there's an imbalance right. there. So she's advocating for pole dancers, but not for the people that she's pretending to be. And I have be, not seen, yeah. yeah, I've not seen one post or acknowledgement that's like fully represents strippers. I all the verbiage I've seen come from her is, Oh, pole dancing is so hard, I have a new respect for it. But what about the people that you just you pretended to be a stripper? But that's part of the problem with that whole Hollywood industry. Like when I um, originally spoke to a producer about, you know, turning my book into like a movie, he was like, well, you know, I had wrote one of the main parts for myself. And he's like, well, you know, if you go that route, they're going to want someone like J-Lo. And he actually said someone like J-Lo to play this role. And I'm like, black well, woman, she- she's not. That's rude. That's And rude. I'm like, what? What, what's but because you know they change ethnicities of characters all the time or they change ages or whatever because that their their mindset is that they want to get somebody with a name that's going to be a draw which i do understand on a financial aspect you want to make sure that you're, you're going to make your money back that you're investing but the, i think my point with this is that the whole hollywood system is kind of broken and especially the way their mentality is you know like and I, I'm assuming that JLo being a dancer, she probably thought about, she thinks about like, okay, I have to pay my dancers a certain amount of rate because, you know, when I was a dancer, but once again, they're so removed from us. Like when was the last time JLo visited a strip club before she even, uh, and not, I'm not saying this to defend her, but just, you know, to get a little more context, like when did she even visit a strip club to understand what we actually go through. I think like people honestly don't think about things that are outside of themselves. And that's part of the problem. 
Right. You know, you really have to put yourself into other people's shoes to understand where they're coming from, because I'm sure she's probably sitting up here thinking, you know, it's not even a problem. I'm like, what? I give them shoes. You know what I mean? Right. Kind of like a let them eat cake type attitude. Like you don't understand the root of the problem because exactly. you can't you're, you're so far removed from us. Like you can't even relate to us. Right. Yeah. Exactly. No, JLo should not play you. You should play yourself, Queen. Definitely. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. I I will. We're working on that. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. So yeah. I what have you been up to since COVID? Because we haven't spoken really. We've like messaged a little bit here and there, but what's like changed for you the most? Well, I had a lot of time to think and a lot of time to rest, which I really needed. Um, At the time, I was living here in Atlanta, but I was working in Charlotte. So I was going back and forth to Charlotte like two, twice a week. So it was very exhausting. I didn't realize how exhausted I was. So I slept a lot, (laughs) which I really needed to catch up on some rest. And I plotted and I planned. And, you know, I came back with some ideas I want to implement this year. So that's what I've been working on. Uh, I don't want to say too much except for the fact that um, right now we are really working on focusing more on the story behind the pole dancer book and uh, focusing on getting that uh, turned into a TV show. So there's going to be a lot of changes on pole dance nation that are going to support us moving into having a TV show, which I think is so would be so amazing for the community. Like right now, uh, a lot of people are talking about P Valley, uh, which does examine the lives of strippers. Uh, my book is going to be a little bit different. It's, or if you've, read it, haven't read it, check it out on Amazon. Uh, it's called Pole Dancer Bunny, Nikki St. John, but it encompasses both worlds and encompasses the world of the strip club. And, and, you know, we are spend a lot of time in the pole studio. Uh, we do pole competitions. So I think something like that, and, and not just what I'm doing, but what P-Valley is doing, you know, even what Hustlers is doing, it does help to get more people to see, okay, um, there are more opportunities for pole dancers because I think that like as a stripper, like when you go to work, you get the instant gratification that what you've learned can earn you money. You know what I mean? And not only that, but like, you know, you get that whole thing of being on stage and you're you're able to put on a show. So um, for a lot of people that are in the pole studio that aren't necessarily strippers, they don't necessarily have that. That's why they do a lot of pole showcases or pole, um, you know, competitions, things like that. Mm -hmm. But I just feel like we need to open up all types of avenues because I would really like to see a lot of pole dancers making a lot more money and making consistent money and just having just more avenues to perform and showcase their skills that they worked hard on to learn, you know, because that shit takes time. (laughs) Yeah. It's a lot of hard work that goes into it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, there is something positive about pole dancing being in the media. I just wish they were more responsible with it you know, agreed. In, in general. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. One production I worked on recently that I can say was very responsible about it was I uh, get your booty to the pole. Wait, so that was say it again. Uh, one uh, campaign that I worked on recently uh, was very responsible about it. And that campaign was called get your booty to the pole. So it was a, uh, yes, it was a voting campaign that I participated in. Um, and we were all pole dancing and we were talking as well, just telling people to get to the pole, uh, the P O L L and it was a, a cool play on words there. But, um, 
yeah, we were just basically encouraging people to vote and get out the vote. And one thing that I really liked about this campaign was that Angela, who's the director and the writer of it, specifically wanted pole dancers that are, are, are strippers. That was her her very specific thing. So she wanted to be very authentic to the culture and not just get people who know how to pole dance but aren't connected to the culture. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I thought that that was really cool. Um, we were treated well, um, you know, and it, it it was it was it was definitely cool working with people who get it versus people who right. don't. Because I've I've also done jobs with people who don't like whether it's been a uh, pole dancing in videos or for like TV shows or whatever it's like some people get it and some people don't you know right. and I, I would like more of Hollywood to get it than yeah. to not get it. So work in progress. It is. We did a, um, a group of us sex workers did a panel for the Writers Guild of America West, and oh. yes, and we basically said. Here's all the ways you've been fucking up. Stop doing that. So, um, you know, a lot of positive things came out of it. Uh, you know, people were learned a lot, they said. So I hope that was a, f- a few months ago. So, you know, the, the wheels are in motion, baby steps, you know. We're, we're trying to get somewhere with them. But um, Get Your Booty to the Pole was an absolute amazing campaign. So I think it was you who sent it to me. Um, it was either you or Erica from Dance Freaks sent it to me and I shared it right away on my timeline and after that I mean like 20 people sent it to me like have you seen this like not pole dancers or strippers and I'm like yes bro I've seen that like I am probably the reason you saw it because you follow me and I posted it like yes they're all my friends of course (laughs) I'm a pole dancer, <laughs> stripper. Of course, I've seen it, and like I got that video so many times sent to me. Um, but it did look like it did really well, and congrats on that very successful campaign. Thanks. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool because it was targeted actually at a uh, black men in Georgia who don't vote. Mm. Um, so um, amazing. We had a record turnout here in Georgia, uh, as you guys know. <laughs> <laughs> we flipped uh, Georgia Blue, and and uh, let me uh, backtrack a little bit. Okay. I, I'm not going to say we flipped Georgia Blue because the campaign was actually a nonpartisan campaign. Mm. So they didn't, you know, really want to be involved in the politics of it, like who we are going to vote for. Just mm-hmm. they wanted you to vote. Mm-hmm. So I can say with pride <laughs> because you know I I voted blue. So <laughs> uh, yeah. We flipped George Blue. So um, that was cool. And then we also did um, a, a commercial or a PSA um, after that first initial one. I'm not sure if you saw that one, but we were in like 1950s uh, attire, very covered up because I guess Angela didn't expect to get a lot or as much pushback as she did from the video. Oh, really? um, there were so many people that were creating lies about the campaign. Like, mm. so. Yeah, so she kind of created the the 1950s versions to pretty much clap back at the haters. And it started with us, you know, in 1950s where, and we're still talking, and then, you know, at the end, we're back to being on the poll. But um, the cool thing about that was we did another one, you know, for the Senate, and how that turned out in Georgia. (laughs) 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Two Democratic senators. So it was really cool, especially seeing like people that I didn't think would see it. Like John Legend actually tweeted about it. And that was just like so surprising to me. He was like, you know, in the tweet, he said something along the lines of, um, you know, we have to thank Stacey Abrams and rightfully so, but let's not forget get your booty to the bone. So it was very, it was very yeah. interesting that, you know, so many people from all walks of life enjoyed it, but you know, you can get your haters as always. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, thank you so much for that work and, and to everybody that was on your team. Um, and you know, uh, what, what was her name again? Who created it? Ashley? Angela. Angela. Angela Barnes. Yes. Thank you to Angela Barnes for creating it. And because I, it was huge. I saw it everywhere. I saw it everywhere for a long time. And so, you know, I really do think it was a large contributor and, and like the rest of the country needed that. And so thank you for that. I just, I just wanted to do my part. I was sitting at home and I was just so upset with all the things that were going on. And then, you know, it was just like murder after murder after murder, you know, I had Ahmaud Arbery who wasn't, who wasn't that far from me. I live in Atlanta, but he's like right outside of Atlanta or was. And then, you know, George Floyd, it was just like, what can I do? Mm -hmm. So I think that kind of came at the perfect time, which, you know, gave me another outlet or I could put my anger and my frustration. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely an insane time and I also felt so when all that was going down was when I had my amputation I felt so helpless I couldn't do anything and that's what contributed a lot to my trauma at the time was because Mm. I was just sitting there watching it and going I am on drugs in a hospital bed great (laughs) like there's not much to do you know so um, but what you have to remember, Am, is like you are so powerful. Even if you're sitting there with your phone, there's so much that you could do. Oh, Seriously, yeah. because you're one of those people that always makes it happen. But this is also for people who are watching who feels like, you know, what can I do? Even just getting on your phone and sharing things on your feed or like yeah. having conversations with friends, like that oh, stuff yeah. is important. Oh, it doesn't yeah. have to necessarily be on a massive scale to make a difference. Right. Yeah. And I definitely was doing that, but I wanted, uh, I wanted to do more, but that's just like, cause like I'm obsessed with working. That's all. Um, but yeah, but thank you, thank you for, for being there and, and doing what you did and, and to, to all those involved. So yeah. But, um, are you, but through, during this time now, cause you know, I, I did ask about like COVID and how you're doing, like, are you, so you're working on your project, but are you dancing in the clubs? Are you able to go back to work at all? Uh, yeah. So Georgia is wide open <laughs> and has been open for quite some time. Yeah. So over here, um, basically how it's set up is you can social distance if you want to. It's not really a requirement. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, that's just what it is. I mean, y'all seen the videos of Atlanta. You know what's going on. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so I'm not going to sit up here and try to act like it's not what you saw because it is. It's exactly okay. what you saw. Okay. So, um, yeah, um, the club I work at, it's open. Um, it's no open. regulation and, uh, or any safety precautions? 
Listen. Okay. I enjoy my job. Gotcha. Never mind. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to go to work tonight. Um, but yeah. Um, so I, I, I'll say this. I've been to quite a few clubs, you know, uh, since COVID here in Atlanta. Uh, as a customer, it's one club I work at and that's it. But, you know, I've been to other clubs as a customer and what I've seen overall in all of the clubs is pretty much the same thing. Um, no social distancing, no masks. Um, the, the like waitresses or bartenders or, you know, people that work there will have masks on. Mm -hmm. Uh, most of the dancers do not. Um, it's not necessarily a requirement that you have to wear one because, you know, it's, it's physical activity that we're doing. It's right. very hard to read. And the clubs in Atlanta aren't like, at least not the ones I go to are like lap dance type clubs. It's more like you stand in front of somebody and you just dance and people throw money. So it's like, you're dancing, 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 you're constantly dancing. So it's more of a, a draining physical activity than if you were, you know, in a lap dance room, giving right. someone a dance like that's not as physically draining you know what i mean right. as to be up here and you're shaking and you're twerking and you're jumping on the pole and you're jumping on stage you know what i mean so i i do understand where they're going as far as not requiring us to wear them but i'm not exactly sure what the official state rule is okay but um, yeah we're open and um it was actually amazing when i especially when i first went back to work and everyone was getting their checks yes. it was like <laughs> It was like hitting the lottery every night. You're like, what am I going to make today? Um, so um, it, it was really good. But, uh, you know, it, it does make me sad, though, that some so many people in other states are not having the same experience. Right. So I know, like, in California, people I've talked to have pretty much had to figure it out. And so I've had quite a few girls ask me, like, or a quite a few dancers asked me like what's going on out there. You know, I heard it let us open. I was like, yeah, it's really good. Come out here, check it out. You know what I mean? And, and that's one of the, the things too. It's like, everyone is trying to eat. Everyone's trying to make money and, you know, based on your state or whatever, um, whatever assistance you were able to get, you know, it, it everyone's financial situation is different. Yeah. So it, it's, it's very like, okay, some people have the luxury like me of being able to go to work. And then other people like have to kind of figure out like a whole new system yes. of making money or, you know, it, it, it's just like, what, what do we do? You know? Yes. I know. I do know. And I'm grateful for you and for those in, in Georgia and Atlanta. But yeah, it's been very difficult in California. Like we're in we're an epicenter. We became like the third biggest epicenter in Los Angeles in the world at one point. Wow. Yeah. I don't know where we are on the the chart right now, but just a a few weeks ago we were considered the third biggest epicenter in the world. Yeah. Crazy. And I know in Atlanta, I'm sorry, in LA, like a lot of your clubs aren't openly open, but a lot of them are kind of open behind closed doors or like people are going online. And for me personally, like I'm kind of divided about the whole situation because yeah. on one hand, I do see why people want to keep things closed. But if you're going to keep things closed and you need to offer people a reasonable amount of money so that they can take care of themselves right. and their families. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, I also see the case for staying open because, you know, 
I want to go to work because it's not enough assistance that's going to take care of my bills. Right. So it's just like, you know, and I know that every time I go to work, I'm putting my health at risk. And it's just, it, but it's one of those things, like, I'm glad that I have the option because some people don't. And I'm like, if I didn't have the option to go to work, like, I don't know what I would be able to do right now. Because even though I have pole dance nation, it's like the majority of my income comes from the club. Right. Of course. That's always where mine came from too. Yeah. But it's like also a lot of people don't don't necessarily realize that they think because you have like a huge following on social media or whatever, that you necessarily have like a ton of disposable income. And, you know, that that's not necessarily the case, especially not in the pole community. Like if you and I had the followers that we had and it was in like another area like tech or beauty or fashion, you know, I'm sure (laughs) we could be making a lot more money, but because it's in poll and we still haven't really figured out a way to quantify it. And, you know, our, our industry isn't, it's small. And that's, that's why it's important to me when I do see things like P Valley or like, you know, outlets that give pole dancers more opportunities because, you know, we have to keep growing if we want to be able to be something that is fully sustainable just off of you know, the performance aspect. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So much good stuff, Nikki. Thank you so much for sharing all of your stories and insights. And uh, definitely had, I didn't really know what was going on in Georgia that much to that extent. So. Yeah. Want to be fabulous just like these strippers? Pay attention. It's stripper tips. My stripper tip? Is tip the strippers, damn it. No, seriously, like you think that that is something that's so straightforward that that people would automatically do, but they don't. And especially now that, number one, a lot of dancers are putting their health at risk to go to the club and entertain you. Uh, Number two, um, we are, are in an area like, for instance, in, in Atlanta, we're wide open. I don't know what the regulations are for every other area. Like certain areas I've heard are really socially distanced, meaning that the amount of customers that can be in the club are cut in half. Also, the amount of dancers that can be in the club are cut in half. Like there's a lot of clubs I've heard about that wouldn't even hire half the dancers back because they're like, you know, we have to adhere to social distancing laws. So now it's like, you know, half the dancers have to find other sources of income or maybe they can't work as many days. And then it's only half of the customers in the club. Mm. So, but for you to come in there and take up space Mm. and not, um, you know, pay the dancers is basically robbing dancers of money that they could be making because you're just sitting here doing nothing. And, you know, I get it. Everything isn't for everybody. Like maybe a particular person approach you isn't really, you know, your, your style and something, someone else that you prefer. Okay. That's fine. Spend your money with that person. But if you're not going to spend money, then you need to go the fuck home. Right. And, uh, and also it's like a lot of these places have turned into like clubs, you know, I don't know how it is in all areas of the country, but I know here in the South, the strip club has kind of turned into the new after hours. So a lot of the strip clubs are open, especially on the weekends, they're open later. Say they close at like five or six, right? Mm. Uh, 
then, uh, so people go to the regular club, which may let out at two. So everyone comes to this club is like an after hours. Right. So it's kind of like the thought process isn't like, oh, we're here for the dancers. It's kind of like, we're here to hang out. Right. You know, but you have no problem paying at the door. You know, you have no problem paying for your drinks, tipping your waitress, tipping your bartender. But for some reason, when we're here in your in your face, like, you know, do you want to dance or something? You're looking at us like we have three heads. Like, how dare she come up and talk to us? And it's like, why would you come to a strip club if you didn't want strippers to talk to you and ask you for a dance? Like, it makes no sense. Yeah. So, yes, strip club etiquette. If you go to the club, bring some money to tip the dancers. Exactly. And I understand everybody Everybody doesn't have $1,000 to make it rain in the club every night. But I feel like the minimum that you should have in disposable income to throw to the dancer, whether it's on stage, whether it's just pass to somebody to talk to you, whether it's for a table dance, a lap dance, whatever. You need to have at least bare minimum $100. Every person needs to have at least $100 or else you need you know, to come in the club and to spend right. it on people or else you need to stay at home. Good. Yes. Period. Yes. I agree. Thank you. Get ready for our rapid fire question round. It's time for four for one. Question one, music during sex, yes or no? Um, why not? <laughs> I had to think about that. That's okay. I had to think about that because normally I just kind of like... If the music happens to be on and we happen to be having sex, then cool. If the TV happens to be on and we happen to be having sex, cool. If nothing happens to be on and the only sounds are the sounds of our bodies, mm. then hey, that's cool too. Oh, that's hot. Yes, yes, yes. All right, next question. <laughs> What's a movie or TV show that you try to get people into? Bridgerton. If y'all haven't seen Bridgerton, like y'all really, really, really need to check out the show. I was kind of skeptical about watching it. And then I watched like the first episode. I was hooked. I have literally watched the whole season like eight or nine times now. Really? Like, if I'm just getting work done, I will put it on in the background. I am so obsessed with Bridgerton and I cannot wait until season two comes out. Okay. That was a great review for that thing that I haven't watched yet. If you could watch, watch it, okay. <laughs> I'll try. I'll try. <laughs> I'm currently obsessed with anything about aliens, so Bridgerton is a huge leap away from that. Um, I'll try. <laughs> if you could okay. watch any two people make out, who would it be? Hmm, that's a good question. Now I gotta think about couples or or who would be a couple. <sighs> hmm. Damn. All right, for lack of a better answer, I will say myself. And who would I like to put myself with? Somebody sexy. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Damn it, Emory, this is hard. You think it's hard? Um, yeah, because I'm like, who would I? <laughs> who would I want to make? Who would I? Who would I want to make? Mm. I'll say me because I would like, you know, I, I'm very voyeuristic, so I would like to see, you know, like myself, how I would look with somebody. Uh huh. Mm. I actually have somebody I want to say, and I'm just gonna go ahead and say him because he's not gonna see this. So there's this uh, male stripper. Uh-huh. Who I, who I was on tour with. What? That's hot. And um, 
Yeah, he was just like so. His name's Bolo. He was also in uh, Chocolate City Vegas Strip. He was one of the featured dancers in that movie, and he okay. was just so fucking. He's so fucking fine. Um, <laughs> yes. When okay, so I was doing this tour with Candy uh, from Real Housewives, and we were okay. doing it's called Welcome to the Dungeon Tour, and he was like the male dancer. And I kid you not, like the first time I saw him, and this doesn't happen to me a lot. And he came on the tour bus and he was sitting across to me and I was just like getting so wet, just like looking at him. I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> but yes, we we were not like that, but he's just he's just he's just fine. And okay. Just, yeah. I, I think that would be really interesting because when I watch him on stage and he's like taking uh lifting like women up and putting them like sitting them on the shoulders and flipping them all around, I'm just uh-huh. like, I don't want that to be Wow. Yeah. So we're going to say that. We're okay. Gonna that I love that answer. Last one. What world leader would you want to bone, past or present? World leader. Oh, that one's hard. Nobody. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> no, girl. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't think of anybody. <sighs> I don't know. I, I really honestly cannot think of anybody. I would say JFK. If it were me. Hmm. Hmm. He's so, so okay. handsome. I would say JFK. I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. I think like my taste is a little bit more like, hmm. how do I put this? Like guys who are like really straight lace. You know what I mean? The politicians, they have this like straight lace image. Mm-hmm. That's not really for me that's no. just, it's it's like one of those those things where it's like okay we're friends and that's it like i need to have a bad boy in there somewhere gotcha. like just really like or like you know uh, uh you have a secret past you know what I, mean? like, I, I need more boy yeah <laughs> didn't he kill like a lot of people yeah i'm just a, a horrible <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Wait, I, I had to think about that. Like, I yes. knew the name, and then because <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> when you asked me, I was I like, know. my mind immediately like went to all like the really bad people, and I was like, mm, yeah, no, I couldn't don't. Even really want to have sex with them because then I might get killed. I might be the right. next victim. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Nikki, how can everybody find out more about you, follow you, and do you have anything um, coming up that you can talk about? Um, follow me at Nikki St. John. Uh, same thing on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I have a Facebook page, Nikki St. John 913. And YouTube, Nikki St. John um what do i have coming up i have a lot of things coming up with pole dance nation uh i just want to just tell everybody to um just stay tuned make sure you're following uh the the algorithm hasn't unfollowed you (laughs) or or unfollowed me on your behalf when you really wanted to follow me and uh you know if they have follow me back it's it's a lot of interesting things that's that's coming up with that but basically emory i'm doing a lot of things to uh raise money for this tv show and that yeah. i am going to produce myself amazing I'm so that, that thank you that's my yeah. biggest biggest goal for this year so there'll be a lot more information on that as as everything like comes together okay mm-hmm. great perfect 
Well, make sure that you follow Nikki on all the platforms and thank all you. All the platforms. Yes. And thank you so much, Queen, for spending time with me. It's been so nice seeing you and chatting with thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. And thank you to our lovely audience for tuning in. Until next week, see you later. Bye. Bye. Hey, guys, I just want to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Yes, a stripper podcast. You can also watch this podcast on YouTube at Yes, a stripper podcast. And of course, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Yes, a stripper pod. Yes, a stripper podcast is produced by Mackenzie Mazel, Shelly Snyder, and yours truly, A.M. Davies. Be sure to email any questions or comments to Yes, a stripper podcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to follow me personally, you can find me on Instagram at the queen of sexy. You can also check me out on my website, thequeenofsexy.com.